You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. We are in a bye week. And it's kind of lame. You know, we got kind of spoiled a little bit on how many games are getting played in a row for the Razorbacks. And... I guess if you really look at a perspective on it, it kind of sucks in a way because now you only have four games left of the regular season. Think about that. You are two-thirds of the way through the regular season now. You have four SEC games left. After that, bowl game, right? Bowl game. And then the season's over for the Razorbacks. It's like as soon as it got here, it just goes away. But you got to enjoy it. You got to enjoy the moment that you're in, and you got to enjoy all the things that are going on uh, in the sports world, especially with Razorback football. And it made me start thinking about heading into this bye week. Obviously, you had a three-game losing stretch there that wasn't necessarily ideal. But now you have four games left in the slate. You get to get healthy and ready for that final four-game stretch. And you're going to have two games at home and two games on the road. You know, Arkansas is sitting at five and three in conference, or five and three overall, one and three in conference play. Right now, they have the same like it's it's Arkansas and South Carolina both have one wins, one wins, one win in SEC play. Missouri and Vanderbilt have no wins. Uh, but if you're looking at just the SEC West in general, you got Arkansas with one win, LSU. Arkansas is one and three. LSU's two and three. Mississippi State's two and two. A M's three and two. Auburn's two and one. Ole Miss is three and one. Alabama's four and one. So, even though Arkansas has lost three SEC games already, there's still a lot of possibility of maneuvering up the SEC West ladder, and it happens to be where you're going to be playing three SEC West teams, as well as arguably one of the worst, maybe the second worst SEC team in general in Missouri. Mississippi State's at home, at LSU, at Bama, and then Missouri at home. Arkansas needs one more win to be bowl eligible. And you know how important that is. Arkansas technically was bowl eligible last year in a way, in a weird way. But uh, they didn't get a chance to play in the game because of COVID issues for TCU, or at least that's what the story was told. And so they didn't get an opportunity to do that. So you're talking about since 2016, five years since Arkansas has played in a bowl game. And the significance of playing in that bowl game would be monstrous. You know, the fact that for the first time, you're actually having a chance to have postseason play, get those extra practices in, get that extra money in, be able to travel as a team and go up and against an opponent that you wouldn't normally face. Like, there's a lot of excitement, and especially considering all the things of where Arkansas had come from uh, for an extended period of time. They need one win. One win to get six wins, and then boom, they're bowl eligible. You have four chances. Odds are pretty good that you're going to win one game. One SEC game out of the next four, and you will go to a bowl game. But I'm sorry, maybe I'm looking at it in a different perspective. But that's not good enough for me. Winning one game of the final four is not good enough for me. 
Now, I'll take it. I'll enjoy the bowl game wherever it is. It'll probably end up being in Shreveport. I guess they don't have a Shreveport connection there, but you know, maybe in Houston for the Texas Bowl again. Uh, maybe the Liberty Bowl Ugh, again. Um, you'll take it because of how long you've been uh, without going to a bowl game. But my perspective is that you need to do better than just going to a bowl game or being bowl eligible. This schedule, the rest of the way, sets up for you to at best win eight games on the year. And honestly, in my opinion, at worst, win seven. You have to go two and two or three and one in this final stretch for me to be satisfied. Because if you just win one game, that means you're going to lose at least two games to opponents that are not as good as you. You should beat Mississippi State. Honestly, you should beat LSU. I mean, they got a lame duck coach. And you should beat Missouri, who is just atrocious. They're terrible. They're not good. You should win three games. I'll take two because we know how tough it is in the SEC in a lot of these games. But you should win three of them. You get to seven wins. You get to eight wins. If you got to eight wins, first off, that would put you at four and four in conference play. Your best record in SEC play since 2015 when you went five and three. Uh, You would finish with eight wins with the toughest schedule in all of college football. And what that would more than likely get you is an appearance into either the uh, Music City Bowl, maybe the Outback Bowl. That's kind of be the one I would want to do in the Tampa, go to that. Uh, I don't want want to go to the Belk Bowl. I want to go to Florida Bowl. So I can take the Outback Bowl, maybe the Citrus Bowl, you know, depending on how things line up and how things stack up and all of that. Like, I would be, I would be all about it. But that's kind of where the expectation needs to be now, folks. I understand that we got to a point to where we're just like, ah, well, we'll take anything, you know, we'll, 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 we'll enjoy it no matter what it is, you know, because we're, we're where we came from. I mean, it's, you're getting better. It's progress. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is progress. And it is nice. And it is something that should be praised for the job that Sam Pittman and his coaching staff have done. But also, with along with that expectation and everything that comes along with it, it needs to be something that is also looked upon as being great for your program and making it to the next level of being a better program. Like you have an expectation now to where you showcased earlier this year how good you are. You beat Texas, and Texas is a good team. Not a great team, but a good team. You beat A&M, which A&M has really come a long way, and they're starting to look really good. You were an extra, you were a two-point conversion away from beating Ole Miss, which seems to be everyone's flavor of the month right now. You were that close. I mean, really, the worst game you had was Auburn. I mean, Georgia was pretty bad, but you weren't going to beat them no matter what. But Auburn was the one that just really disappointed everybody. But you're better than Mississippi State, folks. You're better than LSU, and you're better than Missouri. So instead of constantly having the mentality of just being like, well, we this is how far we've come. We need to be better than this. No, screw that. You're better than three of the four teams you're going to be facing at the end of the stretch. I expect you to win those games. And if you don't win, it's going to be disappointing. 
If you lose to Mississippi State, it is going to be extremely disappointing. If you lose to LSU on the road, it's going to be disappointing. And if you lose to Missouri, for sure, it will be an epic failure. You are better. It's okay to have the mentality of knowing where you came from and where you're going and be happy with the trajectory, but that's not enough for me. We now need to get to the point to where if you're a better team than the other team that you're lining up against, you need to beat them. And if you don't, it's a disappointment. I'm not going to hold your hand in all of these things, but I am going to hold you to a higher expectation than what we've seen. That's how I feel about it. You've heard of prize picks? It's daily fantasy made easy. I use it all the time. It's great. It's the leader in college sports daily fantasy and offers more college football props than anyone in the world. It can basically be from yardage to touchdowns, interceptions thrown. doesn't matter. They got it all for you. And for those of you who try it out today, you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code LOCKEDON. You can use the award-winning app on the App Store or Google Play. It makes it that much easier. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out PrizePix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Or go to this app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I want to remind everybody that this episode of Locked On Razorbacks is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you'll ever need. So save time and money when you use Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and prices are reliably low for every customer. Whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. And if you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the power parts available for your car or truck, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. So I will uh, I will look into what has been going on in Razorback basketball land because we talked a little bit about it yesterday uh, as far as some uh, concerns that maybe people will have or whatnot, but Either way, I was just uh, I was laughing at some of the things that happened uh, when it came to um, the reaction to things over the weekend and seeing how Razorback fans in a lot of cases are kind of panicking in some ways. Uh, I would say that even some of the videos and highlights and all that stuff have people like obviously still excited, but they're just not to the point to where, you know, they're in basketball mode. They're still in football mode right now. Uh, but one of the things that I laughed about and it happened yesterday is that Tara Talmadge of the Patreon Nation, fine, fine person that you need to go follow on Twitter, uh, she was posting a video of the highlights or the, the hype video of what they play at Bud Walton before the games, you know, that kind of thing that they always do. Well, she was, uh, you know, taking a video of it and it was all fun and games and all that stuff. But uh, she made the comment, though, that beforehand – before right as soon as the uh, hype video starts it's a clip of Calipari getting ejected from I guess two seasons ago uh, because we know that that was at least in my opinion the loudest moment in Razorback basketball at Bud Walton Arena like I don't even think it comes close it was the loudest moment and we had a like you know cool little videos going on and highlights and all that stuff it was fine you know it's really the really the one that happens well she tweets this out well then 
old Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio, who uh, I actually like. He's he's kind of a like I can understand why people a lot of people hate him. I maybe hate him because he's a Kentucky basketball fan, and I hate Kentucky basketball. But you know, it, it's a it's a fun thing. It's like you know, it's a matter of respect too. Like I respect the guy. Uh, but he tweeted, he quote tweeted this video and said, start your hype video with a clip from a game you lost. Arkansas over here making me sad. And then other Kentucky media people got a hold of it too, making fun of Arkansas. They're like, oh, well, yeah, they barely beat this exhibition, this team in exhibition play by three points. And yeah, everyone's getting hyped over there and, and all that. And it's just like, okay. I would normally start saying, all right, no, I'm pissed. Like, okay, dude. All right. Like, are you really want to talk about Kentucky's resume? What y'all do last year? Okay. You didn't even make the tournament. You guys were trash. Like I got to started that whole thing and, you know, to really get it going. Who knows? Maybe I still will if it continues on. But I started looking at that and seeing the responses from Kentucky fans in those tweets and in those replies. And I was so happy because I'm reading through them and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. These teams are back, baby. These teams, like, listen, they've always hated each other, but because Kentucky has always been so much more dominant than Arkansas has been over the past 15, 20 years, essentially, uh, it's, it's not, it's been like you hate each other, but at the same time, Kentucky's like, yeah, whatever, you know, you're just a, you're just a team of, a team of old that hasn't really lived up to the expectations going along with it. We're moving on to bigger, better things. So it's almost like, you know, you had this rival in high school that you went up against, like a rivalry player uh, that you had, and it was epic battles. But then they go on to some big-time college, and you have to go and settle for a smaller college, and you never see really each other again except in a bowl game. And even in those bowl games, they still beat you, but it doesn't matter as much because, hey, it's just you. Like, it, it just ha- didn't have the feeling that it was on the same caliber. But knowing what Eric Musselman in Arkansas is doing right now and how they're building up to this point and to where they're getting just – incredible results with recruiting with winning and going to the elite eight and all that I am starting to see that there is still a lot there there's a lot of heat that is there and it's coming back Kentucky fans I'm not going to use the word scared because I think that that's just stupid but Kentucky fans are definitely like looking over at Arkansas being yeah that uh that looks like the team we remember that looks like the program we remember that we had some epic battles with way back, way back when. And uh, yeah, we, we, we don't, we, we got to get ready for this team. Like it's no longer just like, LOL, Arkansas. It's more like, okay, well you guys just, you know, you need to chill out because uh, you haven't accomplished anything yet. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the talk of somebody that's nervous about what's coming. Um, you know, Kentucky's got some own problems that they got to work out. Like last year was disgustingly bad for them losing a ton of games and not making it to the tournament. And everyone's back on board with Kentucky because they're like, oh, Calipari, and everybody's coming back with a vengeance. Who knows? Maybe they do. But the whole, I think the whole shine on John Calipari is really worn thin and worn off. Like, he's been in the SEC now and been in Kentucky for, what was it, like close to 15 years, roughly? Something like that. And they got one championship for sure, and they got a lot of good seasons for sure. But given the state of how much talent they've had year in and year out and the lottery picks and all of that, it's just, it's no longer relevant, especially when you're starting to see number one, number two, number three players no longer just go to Kentucky because, oh, well, it's Kentucky. Go to Duke. Go to Oklahoma State. Go to Illinois. Go to Kansas. Go to Texas. Or go to Arkansas. Like, 
they don't have that grip on the one and done players anymore. And that's really all that they had. That's all they were able to make work was just doing it the one and done way. And so I think that now that the game is kind of caught up to it to where you're seeing more programs having success with it, you're seeing a lot of the old regime coaches leave and retire because they don't want to deal with it. And these new innovative coaches, guys like Nate Oates, guys like Eric Musselman, guys like Chris Beard, uh, guys that are, are really ahead of the game a little bit when it comes to success, you're starting to see that the tide is turning. And I'm not saying that Kentucky is going to be bad this year. Like, I don't, I don't you know, you never know. <clears throat> it's going to be a crapshoot. And I'm not even saying that, uh, you know, Kentucky's just going to go into irrelevancy uh, just because everybody's caught up. I'm not saying that either. <clears throat> but what I am saying is that their their dominance of recruiting and the aura surrounding Kentucky basketball is not the same of what it was just five, ten years ago. It's not. It's not where all the players want to go because it's the fanciest and shiniest thing. There's other better options now, and players are seeing that, and that's what's going to be interesting to see from Kentucky basketball. It's like they talk a lot of trash, and they have a lot of uh, – a lot of wins and a lot of uh, titles and all, and all that stuff. But, hey, if John Calipari, I don't know when he's going to retire. I don't know when that will ever happen. Maybe it won't happen for quite some time. But I'm telling you right now, if he ends up leaving Kentucky after all these years with just one title, that's not success. I'm sorry. That's failure. And if that happens, if I'm a Kentucky fan, I'm pretty upset by that. But, you know, you'll take the one no matter what. But still, I just love the fact that the rivalry's back. I love the fact that pod shots are being taken in preseason. And I cannot wait for that game to be played at Bud Walton Arena this year. It's going to be so, so much fun. I got to tell you about sweat block. You know, it's fall, but it's still hot outside. Like, I don't know where you guys are at, but uh, here in Little Rock, it's definitely uh, still staying uh, pretty warm, especially during the days. And sweat block is what's been able to help me keep from sweating all over myself. You know, whether it was at UAPB the other day, the sun was shining, it was hot. I wasn't sweating. Saw other people sweating, but I wasn't sweating because of sweat block. It stops excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, and it gives you the dry shirt guarantee. So if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's not just for the armpits, it's for the chest, it's for the back, it's for the feet, it's for the hands. You can use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere. That sweats. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, have them check out sweat block today and get it at sweatblock.com. Or for 20% off at sweatblock.com, use promo code locked on and at Amazon and CVS. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.